Good morning and welcome to episode 124 of Martin and Cut. Today it's April the 8th, 2022, and today's episode is DNS and Can It Be Good? So nothing is like waiting for a new toy. I was actually waiting for and hoping for my new NAS to arrive today. So I had something to play with during the weekend. But no, it's not even shipped. So hopefully I will have it for next weekend. But you never know. Today I plan to talk a little bit about DNS or domain name systems. I hinted a little bit about that on the episode of yesterday. And the first thing I wanted to do is to talk a little bit about what DNS actually is. And there is a lot of different analogies used out there when you explain it. Sometimes you use a map and the DNS is the way to traverse the map and find the way where you want to go. The other one is the phone book. And I think actually the phone book is a little bit easier to grasp than the map. So if you have a phone book, you kind of have a list of names, right? And to the names, you have phone numbers. And when you want to call me, you look up my name in the phone book and then you find the phone number and you can dial the number. And essentially the same is uh, the approach on the internet. So on the in network, the computers is actually communicating with each other using numbers. And that is the IP number. You have probably seen that around when you have been doing things. You can ping an IP number and you can actually immediately use it in your browser if you want to and not use the, the name. So that is what the computers are using to communicate or find each other. But that is not that easy for us human beings to remember. So we have a lot easier to remember names because we can have a name that is a company name or an organization or something else. So that is what we remember. And then we need a way to translate that into this IP number when we want to reach it. And the way we do that is to use the DNS. So essentially, DNS is the phone book of internet or the internet's phone book. So how is this then working? Think that you have a domain name. Let's say that you want to visit my webpage, www.martinhagen.se. When you enter that into your browser, your computer or the operating system of your computer is going to try to find the IP number for that ad address. And this is, of course, all built in. And what happens is that your computer is going to connect to a resolver and that resolver is going to find the IP number for you. And the way that this resolver is doing that is that it's going to go out to what's called the root servers to ask, okay, who is responsible for the SE top domain? And the, the root servers, they are fixed IPs. They are in, essentially available on the internet. So you can find those addresses and that's how the resolvers find the top domains. Then they get the IP address of the DNS server that is responsible for .se. It's not actually one, it's actually a big bunch of DNS servers that is responsible for a top domain, but you get the picture, right? And then the resolver is gonna ask the top domain, the SE domain DNS servers, okay, where can I find martinhagen.se? And then the, these DNS servers will point out my DNS servers or the next layer, so to say. 
If you ever bought a domain name, you probably remember that you will need to enter one or two DNS servers where you will have or host your domain. And that is actually how the top level servers or the SE addresses will find its way to your domain. Then the resolver will actually go to my DNS server and ask, okay, where can I find www? And then my DNS server will serve out a IP address to the resolver and the resolver will give you that IP address. So there's quite a lot of steps here, right? And it can feel like that is very inefficient, but it's really not because there's a big portion of caching here. So the servers, they remember where they can find the top domain for SE, for example, and they may remember the DNS servers uh, that I use. So that is not as bad as you actually think. And it's also distributed. So it's actually spread over the world and there is multiple copies of these servers. So it becomes quite efficient. And remember that DNS is one of these older protocols that we are using and it's been in use for a long time and it works actually pretty well. But there is a few problems with DNS. And one problem is that since you have this resolver chain, you can actually change the data that you get. So if you don't really trust this chain, you can't really be sure that the IP address that you get in the end is actually the right address. And that is essentially how DNS spoofing works. That is that you're inserting wrongly or bad domain names into the DNS so that when the queries comes, you can actually redirect the users to a different web service or a different bank, for example. That is what can be done. And this is, of course, a problem that you can fix. And that's something called DNSSEC. So essentially, you can sign your DNS and say that this is uh, the correct one because I say so and I've signed it with my public encryption keys. And then you can look that up. So you can today actually protect yourself against spoofing or that other is spoofing your address. And that is definitely something that is good. And if you can do it, I would recommend that you look into it. I should be totally honest, I haven't done that on any of my DNSs. And it's an upcoming project that I will have to do. And of course, I will get back to you when I have done that so you can learn what I did. The other big and common problem with DNS is that as it was with a lot of these old services that were done in the 60s and 70s, that nothing is encrypted. So all the queries, they are more or less in free text. And anyone that is in on the wire in between you and your resolver can actually see what you're querying. So they, they know exactly which do, domain names that you're looking up in this big database. And that may not be that very good, right? Because uh, just by knowing which sites that you are uh, resolving, they can actually see a behavior and understand what you are doing on the net without actually seeing the traffic to that site that may be encrypted. So how do you solve that? Yeah, of course, you should try to encrypt that traffic as well. And today, not all uh, DNS providers or resolver providers is giving you that option. But there are uh, resolvers out there that can help you. And there is actually two ways you can do this. And one way is called DNS over TLS. And that is essentially that your computer is connecting to the resolver using TLS, which is a standard encryption. 
The other one is DNS over HTTPS, which is essentially that the application, so essentially your web browser is using HTTPS to do the DNS query. And that is also supported by a lot of different providers. Both of these are really secure and no one can then actually see your data. So that is, is really good. And I definitely recommend that you are looking into ways to do this. And I am using DNS over TLS for all of my uh, DNS traffic today. Another thing you should think about is that you should actually trust the DNS resolver that you have because independently if you encrypt the traffic or not, they will be able to see what you're querying. And if you're using, let's say, a big ad provider's free DNS server, of course, they are going to use that data in their algorithms to be able to provide you better ads. So for me, that is very concerned and worried and I think a lot about my privacy. That is not what I would do. I would do uh, or use a DNS provider that is not logging my traffic and don't essentially care about who I am as an individual. And then I can actually give you a good tip and that is a resolver provider called quad9 and you can find a link in the show notes to quad9.net they are a non-profit and they are based in switzerland so they have really high privacy standards you can use them for free and they will uh, not log any of your traffic they will only log the traffic on an aggregated level so they can see a lot of the traffic from sweden for example or the nordics and how that looks like they can they don't log in a lower level so you as an individual are actually safe in the mass of people they also have another thing in their service that can be good to know and be good to use they have block lists so if you are querying for a domain that is in this block list you will get a non-authoritative response that means that they can't find it they don't find the server in the in the DNS. And that is good because on this block list, you know, a big list of malicious sites. So scammers, um, spoofers, uh, and other different bad sites get blocked. And that will actually help you and keep your safety a little bit higher. And the good thing here is also that if you don't want that block list, you can always choose to not use it. You always have that option. So definitely take a look at Quad9. They are really, really good. That wraps it up for today uh, about DNS, what it is, how it works, and what to think about to get a little bit more privacy and security. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, uh, why not listen back to on Monday? Have a fantastic weekend. Ciao. Martin Uncut, your daily technology dose.